Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 99, week 99, volume 99, number fucking 99. How you going guys? How's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Nikki from Necrogoblicon, and that will be coming up later in the show. First things first, first show back for 2020 and also the first show after a couple of weeks break to recharge and reinvigorate the show and it was good to have some time off but I'm really excited to get the ball rolling again. Hope everyone had a great festive time whether you celebrate Christmas or not. Hope you had a great time with friends, family, hope you had a great time with food and presents and all of that jazz. Now this is also not only the first show of 2020, but we are kicking off the start of the third year of the podcast. So exciting year ahead, guys. Stick with us. Whether you've been listening since day one or you've only recently discovered us, big stuff coming up, a great year ahead. Now, since it's only the start of the year, there's obviously not going to be an album of the week or a single of the week. We do have some feedback. One was from Alex through Facebook, and he just wanted to ask if we could do a bit more of an introduction when it comes to each week's guests. And we are more than happy to, so you'll hear a bit more of a breakdown about the band that the person is from, a bit more history about the band and the style of genre that they're from. Thank you for getting in touch, Alex. I really appreciate that feedback. And also, you're an OG listener. So as always, much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. We also got some ratings and reviews over the last week or so. Got to give a shout out to Nick CV for the absolute outstanding 5 out of 5 and the big write-up you gave us on iTunes Podcasts. A bit too much to go through now, but thank you for sticking with us. It's great to hear that you listen to a show nearly every day on your way to work. I appreciate the positivity and the kind words you said about how I approach the show, how I approach the conversations, and also love that you said that you hope this show keeps going. Well, it definitely will be, Nikki, and I really appreciate your rating and review. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Now we're on to the part of the show where I ask for your help and assistance with this show growing. So that's things like ratings and reviews on your iTunes podcast. It's subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Podbean, whatever it is. All of this kind of things go together to help the show grow. Also, don't forget to share this podcast. Share it on your social medias. Share it with your friends. Spread the word, whatever it is. Help us out, guys. Help this show grow. We notice everything that you guys do, and we're so unbelievably grateful when we see it. So enough of the ramblings. Let's get into the part of the show we're all tuned into for. This week's guest is Nikki from Necrogoblicon. And first thing I've got to say is thank you so very, very, very much, Nikki, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated, dude. Necrogoblicon are one of those bands that I think some people might know about, but they mightn't really know the music. They formed in 2006. They've been going for a few years now. They've got four albums, they've got an EP, and they've also got quite a iconic cultish character that's become part of the band, John Goblicon, 
You can find him on YouTube. He's got some hilarious things on there. Necrogoblicon are a band that play, you know, a death metal style thing, but it's got hardcore in it. It's got humor in it. And it's just fresh and exciting to have a band that doesn't take themselves so seriously. The conversation with Nick was really good, very relaxed, very enjoyable. Again, I really, really appreciated having him on the show. Great opportunity for the show. That chat with Nikki is coming up now. So, I always start off with kind of the same question. Um, do you remember the kind of the artist or the band that kind of opened your world to music being something that existed? Um, <laughs> that far back, huh? Prop? I mean, I you know... My parents would listen to tunes, but I think the first cassette that I owned and really listened to a lot was Bad Hair Day by Weird Al. Hey! Yeah, go figure. Um, in terms of, like, metal stuff, uh, my friend got me, like, a Megadeth CD in third grade that I listened to a bit. But, yeah, I was really into Weird Al, and, then you know, I didn't really get more into music probably till I was, like, 13. But when I was just a little kid, Weird Al all the way, yeah. So when you're around 13 and you start getting into music, what were you discovering? Like, what were you loving at, you know, the teenage start of teenage years? Um, I started getting really into stuff like Deep Purple I had a big phase with for whatever reason. Mm. There's some CD store near me. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that was more high school, but... In the very beginning, I suppose I would listen to like alt rock radio a lot and hear whatever was. I don't even know. I mean, I guess really young. There's stuff like just listening to it recently, like uh, Detachable Penis, King Missile. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard that song. Um, and then like the Butthole Surfers, Pepper. Those were kind of like the ones that were like, oh, sweet. I was never like very into grunge, but um, yeah, I started. I heard Iron Maiden. I remember there's a website called Stick Death. I don't know if it was like really old, probably like 2001 or something. Mm. It's just like flash videos of little stick figures killing each other. <laughs> and um, they had they had the intro from The Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden on one of their videos. Mm. And then I was like, whoa, what is this? This is, this is a cool sort of music. Like I've never heard anything like this. And then eventually I looked them up or whatever and I found out they were from the eighties and it blew my mind. I was like, Whoa, I didn't even know there was like cool music from the past. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> it blew my mind <laughs> by the sounds of things. You, I mean, without going too far, far forward, you've always liked a bit of the quirky, funny side of things as well. Like, you know, the weird owl, the, uh, detachable penis track, which is fucking legendary. I remember hearing that in, um, high school. Oh yeah. So, I mean, oh, where has humor always been part of like your psyche like life yeah it has i don't know why i can't explain it but uh i guess i was always just like a really sarcastic kid growing up and it's just how i was i couldn't really tell you i, I mean, think my dad's kind of like that too so maybe it's genetic <laughs> well obviously also you you like to kind of discover a bit of music that blends it together so you know when did the heviest style of music uh, be, become a thing for you. And what was it like in high school for you 
getting into the heavier stuff and still being a bit of a smart ass, you know, loving a loving a laugh. <laughs> right. Um fuck me. Um that was let's see. Well, I had a buddy. Okay, so I was into stuff, you know, I heard a little bit of like thrash and I was into like Maiden and Deep Purple and um like White Snake, various whatever I could find on Napster, you know. And um the I wasn't really into to metal with, with growling at that point because it was like, uh, you know how it is when you first hear it. It's like, what is this? This is terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> a friend of a friend, they had a band where they did metal stuff. So how, I don't know. Eventually I got into it um, because of Children of Bodom. Wait. So I was, yeah, I was really into like, I loved what they did with keyboards. You know, I hadn't heard any sort of, metal with keyboards that were that catchy at that point. And um, one of those dudes was this guy named Tim. And uh, he and I are the ones who then went on to do Necrogolicon after high school. And he he wrote metal and I, I just wrote like little trance tunes and stuff and free loops and whatever, just little beats and stuff. But uh I wanted to learn how to write metal kind of stuff also. And we both uh, used to talk a lot on aim because we didn't live in the same state for a while. And we would, he was also like, you know, really sarcastic and jokey kind of guy. So somehow we both decided, Oh yeah. I remember he said, let's make an album out of the B sides uh, from this other metal band. I mean, uh, I want to call it goblin Island, like just as a, an aim joke. And, we were just then like, ah, actually, we were like really have to do that. That's just too funny not to do. So we wrote the lyrics and stuff for the next song. Or for the first song, I guess, Goblin Islands. And then we put it on MySpace. And, and I don't know what we were thinking, but we decided to just make everything about goblins. <laughs> we were just laughing, but we also enjoyed metal, you know? Yeah, it's quite funny that um, what started out as a little bit of a side joke has, you know, now turned into, you know, a beast unto itself. I mean, now, like, everything is... Yeah, it's preposterous. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it can just start out a little silly thing and, yeah, we'll just do a couple of songs and now you're, you know, a couple of EPs, several albums deep into doing it. Yeah, straight up, yeah, it's like... Where'd the last 13 years go? When did it, how did it turn into that? You know, the, it's absurd. Did you at the but start think, did you at the fun. start think that you were always just going to be kind of a joke band? You know, and I mean that in a, a light sense of the term. I mean, did you ever think. Oh, no worries. Yeah, I guess. Did Absolutely. you ever think I mean, you'd be taken seriously? Um, not really. I mean, when we first started out, we just did Goblin Island, put it on MySpace. It was kind of fun. That's when there was like Job for Cowboys. So MySpace was really cool at that point, you know. And uh, thought, you know, just funny to say in retrospect. But um, like we were, we weren't even trying to make a band out of it. We were just trying to make a funny album. And then uh, yeah, my buddy Tim, who was going to UCSB at the time. Uh, he like recruited some homies to to play instruments and turned it into a live band. And then there was this like four year period after Goblin Island before Stench for we were working on Stench for pretty much that whole time. We were just lazy and intermittent. Um, 
because I didn't live where they lived. So I, in that time, I moved down. Somewhere in that process, like, we we started deciding we want... I mean, we always wanted the music to be, like, semi-good. We didn't want to be just, like, flat-out bar jokes music or something, you know? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just but, fart noises with uh, blast beats. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I'm sure, it's, I'm sure that's a band already. But <laughs> <laughs> actually, sounds kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I'd listen to that. Uh, uh, so yeah, when we first started, we, we didn't really have any ambitions or, or or plans for it. It was just like something we did to have fun. And uh, over time, it was like, well, if I'm gonna if this is going to be the band I'm in, like I, I want it to be like good also, you know, <laughs> um, like, cause it's your life, you know, it's kind of like humor is like essential for sure. But I also really like good music, you know? So how could you, you don't want to be stuck in something and just wishing. So it was like, well, let's just make sweet music. That's also funny. Yeah. Why um why goblins? I mean that's something I had to ask was why goblins of all you know things why goblins? I, honestly, that goes back to that aim conversation I was talking about where where Tim, who's no longer in the band but had co-founded it, was uh like, I just want to take these B-side riffs I have and and put them together and I'll call it Goblin Island. Like it was just a joke. <laughs> just uh, you know. It's just, let's just fucking call it Goblin Allen. And it's like, wait, that's actually really funny. So it all stems from that one, like one of thousands of random jokes, but we actually just took that one and we're like, let's just do this with our lives. You know? Now with, um, you t- taking on, um, the front man presence, I mean, without skipping too far forward, you now share the front man presence with John Goblicon. Um, you have to share duties. I mean, I know he's not doing much up there, but you know, conducting the crowd. Oh, he he, he works his ass off. He dances like dance, you know. <laughs> he's not maybe doing much singing, but yeah. <laughs> um, with the mic in its hand, it's it's you. So, what was your progression like to becoming a vocalist? And also, how did you learn to teach your voice? Like, was it something you just winged it, or was it something you spent a lot of time researching? Um. Well, when we first started, I was I did the keyboards and Tim and I split the vocal duties. We played, I think, one or two live shows where I was sort of doing some keyboards and vocals. And it was kind of hard because I'm not the greatest at either. So it was, uh, you know, pain. Uh, I think around after the stench era, we decided, uh, let's just get a keyboardist to really shreds and I can just switch to full vocals, you know? Mm. And um, so that was something that was super new to me at that time. It was definitely like awkward at first, but we played so many shows that were just like taggers because the band was located in like a college party town for the first five or six years of its existence. So that made things easier. We're just playing backyard shows where it's like, Hey, there's a keg, a a free keg. Oh, by the way, there's also, you know, a metal show. (laughs) So people just come for the free beer and, have to watch our show um that was fun um in terms of vocal yeah and i guess that just worked its way up so the shows you know gradually there'll be a bigger show or a bigger show each time you you know you play a new like tier of for a larger size crowd it, it kind of feels like the first time again it's like oh jesus there's a lot of people here you know but you, you get used to it pretty quickly 
because it's either like you just do it or you don't so you have to kind of just do it in that situation um but the vocal training stuff i never took like voice lessons and whatnot and all my clean singing has pretty much been learned through doing it but i've definitely uh put like practice into it and i'll do vocal warm-ups now before live stuff and in terms of the growling it's you know it's kind of just like everyone has to find out how to growl for themselves as far as i can tell you know yeah it is kind of a learn it as you go kind of thing what about um you know you said you know if you're going to do you mentioned about doing it for as long as you've done you know 13 years or something now um was there ever or is there ever something for you that you had as a fallback thing because kind of committing anyone listening when you commit yourself to a music career per se um it doesn't necessarily pay the bills all the time or all that well right no especially especially goblin metal well um, well it hasn't quite you. it hasn't quite <laughs> blown up to the size of slayer but when it blows up to the size of slayer you guys can say you're at the forefront of goblin metal being brought into existence but yeah. What do you what do yeah, you do? The whole new movement. What do you do to you know? Um, yeah. So uh, for a long time, I, I like I went to school for like sound recording stuff. So I was interning and working in various studios um, up until like 2012, and then I did freelance composition for a while, just for like little commercials and things. Uh, I've sort of been laying off that because it's like eh, hmm. stressful, but. Um, musical stuff i worked as a bar back for a while right now i'm living off a combined thing of like stuff from the band and then my wife uh will cover a lot of ordinary expenses because she's awesome in that way okay so you know you found found a balance and certainly sounds like you've done a bit of everything um let's get into some uh goblicon uh stuff and first thing i want to touch on is um stench and when that came out and the world was introduced to John Goblicon on the music video No One Survives. Um, yeah. Now, you know, if anyone listening hasn't checked out John Goblicon on YouTube, he's got right now, I've got the book on my shelf over there. Um, it's quite amazing how what probably started as a tiny idea is now this, um, in many ways, cultish figure for a lot of people in heavy music um where'd the idea come from uh was it something you thought was needed to take the band to the next level no nothing ever happens that intentionally for us um <laughs> it was definitely uh yeah it's all just like what how'd this happen huh but um so what it was was this uh we played a show sometime in la and i want to say 2011 um, and the, the guy, Brandon Dermer, who would eventually be the director of that video, he happened to be at that show with a friend of our guitarist, Alex. They were buddies. So he comes, the guy was like, come see this goblin metal band. And he's like, what, what the hell is this? I got to see this, you know? And, uh, he came and this was all pre having the goblin, John Goblicon stuff. And he was so excited. Dermer, the director, he's like, I really want to make a music video for you guys. And we, we were like, uh, all right, man, whatever. We didn't have any indicator of like his level of talent or anything. It's like, okay. So then he got really into it and we talked about it and he, uh, 
what he he came up with the character John Goblicon after uh, listening to Stench for like nine hours on repeat while on a road trip or something like that. <laughs> so, so for him, it was just sort of the personification or the goblification of the the music. And yeah, after that video sort of had its little moment, um, we were like, well, let's do one show where we bring out the goblin. We didn't have a name yet at that point. Like we'll bring out the uh, No One Survives Goblin for a show at, at the Whiskey, and we'll see, you know, how that goes. And it was like our most successful show to date at that point. And so after that, we were like, "Well, I guess we're doing this forever," you know. <laughs> and and then, then, yeah, since then the character, yeah, has just taken on all sorts of new life, you know, music videos and the whole right now stuff. It's all just kind of growing slowly and. You know, there's always huge ideas and you see what you can get away with. It's amazing because it 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 literally is kind of, you know, I'm not insulting you, John, but you, you he's basically the mascot. Um and the way that Oh, hundred percent. And the way it can bring any publicity, you know, either some people might get his humor, some people might not, but at least they see him whether it's the book, the YouTube, whatever it is, music videos, and then they go, fuck is this? And then they delve in, and then naturally they then have to, whether they like it or not, we're forcing your hand here, you have to then notice the band. Like, it's really, like, (laughs) it's amazing. Exactly, yeah. It's a good calling card in that way. We sort of, like, have him, you know, he has his own life, his own presence, his own things but yeah like you said he's always touting necrogolicon so it's uh <laughs> it just worked out kind of serendipitously and i mean who right like maybe Dermer was keeping the whole time but yeah i mean is that um is he all self you know written and controlled like it's is it his own thing or do you guys input into you know the book and uh the right now shows on youtube yeah it's a little it's a little mixed bag uh you know, we'll come up maybe more with ideas and stuff he can do during the live show. And uh, I, I wrote like a chapter in the book and I'll have like a little input here and there. But mostly the uh, the John Gallicon stuff is written by actual John Gallicon himself and then also Dermer, the uh, director guy from mm. No One Survives. The, he, he runs, uh, co-runs the social media crap with, uh, with John himself too. It's amazing. I love it. It's some of the some of the best stuff on YouTube, man. Like that right now stuff. The stuff he did at Warped uh, tour, I think it was. It's fucking hilarious. That stuff. Yeah. Like, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. What's Hell it? Day. What's it like yeah. for you having to share stage with a goblin? Uh, I like it. You know, it's, he'll he'll run off for a couple songs. He'll be on for some songs and. So I get my chance to just be like the front man alone sometimes also. Um, and I, I don't mind. I mean, it's great having like someone there to get everyone super hyped and pumped up. And I, you know, the band being what it, what it is, it's not like, it's not like a big ego war between us or something, you know, it's all understood. <laughs> Although people oftentimes assume that, you know, and they'll come up after a show like, let's put this gobble, man. What's the, Come on, he's taking the spotlight. I'm like, dude, that's the whole thing. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like, 
we know why we did this. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I enjoy it. It's nice not having to, to bear the full brunt of, uh, you know, the pressure every time. Yeah, it's also got to be nice that when you finish a show, nobody wants to meet you. They only want to meet the goblin. Nobody gives a shit about the singer. Right, they... yeah. Yeah. No, I'll like walk him over to the merch booth after the show, sort of like an entourage, <laughs> and, and people line up for photos. And I'm, you know, I'll wait there too, but I'm kind of like, do I even really need to be here? Let's be honest. <laughs> and people are looking at you and going, how do I recognize this dude? Didn't I just see him somewhere? And then someone goes, yeah, that was the singer. Yeah, in... I feel like he looks familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the singer in the band. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say, like, no, that was that was actually, um, this, I just look a lot like that guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so with the albums and, like, the progression of the band, um, you know, you're a fun band. You, you guys clearly don't take yourself seriously. You have a lot of fun doing it. The music is... It's brutal, but it's also tongue in cheek. Um, has there, do you care, or has there ever been a struggle with kind of the press reactions? You know, I was looking back at some reviews, and there's people are saying like, "This is a lame joke," and blah blah blah. Is it? Does that ever get to you guys? Uh, not really. No, I mean they're mainly good reviews. If they were mainly bad, it would probably get to me a little more. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's not for everyone. I get it. It's like comical goblin metal. Like, what are you gonna? sounds weird if you're not initiated but you know a lot of time i think you know there's that one super scathing review of welcome to bonkers which was hilarious and we actually quoted him and put him on a t-shirt which was <laughs> gimmick ridden and potentially harmful yeah uh and that that shirt sold a good amount so you know it's like thanks dude at the end of the day it's just more more ammo um but if someone doesn't get it you can't really hold it against them i mean we you know, a lot of metalheads are really serious elitists, or at least I feel like that's breaking down a little bit now with YouTube and the, the younger generation. But for a long time, you know, it was like a lot of metalheads were kind of humorless elitists. And some of those people are the ones who have that kind of reaction. Like, oh, you know, you're taking away the credibility of metal. It's like, no, we're just fucking helping spread metal, dude. Fuck <laughs> off. But whatever. <laughs> How do you... I mean, it's like they don't... You know, how do people in how do people in other countries kind of you know like breaking the language barrier? How do they receive the band in like Europe, for example, where English mightn't be their predominant uh, language? The English the English people themselves like love Necrogoblin for, for whatever reason. Um, the Germans we've had a harder time selling on it, <laughs> um, but we're. We're still going over there and playing. It's hard to break through because yeah, maybe not the most uh, comedic people. <laughs> and um, understatement. I would a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, I would try and uh, say something and be like, "Hey, so how's it going, everybody?" And I'm like, just dead blank stares. They, they can't understand me, or they just want me to shut up and play. Or you know, they're very uh, scowly people who like to stand still. America, you know, maybe Australia. We've never played there, but um, I think we're trying to soon. Mm. Uh, people are a little more rowdy, you know, whereas Germany is more uh, proper. But we're we're gradually breaking through. I'd say last time we played Germany, there were at least a few cities where people were having fun and rocking out. So, you know, it's it's gradually getting through. I think 
Uh, and other countries, it's really like, uh, where was this? I want to say like Budapest, Hungary. We just played there for the first time earlier this year. And there was like 15 dudes who all came dressed as goblins. And they were like, we had a goblin uh, club in, in college where we would all be goblins or something. It's based on your album. We would like duct tape people to trees and stuff. And we were the goblins. I'm like, holy shit, this is like someone made a whole like club at their college based on this where they haze people and stuff. I was like, that was real weird. Uh, and they all just went nuts. So, yeah, I think, you know, sort of because it broke out through the internet, it kind of just like random little pockets everywhere, you know? It's also funny uh, in, in Europe it, the way yeah. they. Um... In Europe, the way they compliment but insult after a show, they say, you know, really good show, but yeah. but that didn't sound as good. Oh you know? man, yeah, hundred, yeah, dude, absolutely. That's been that's real for sure. Like, <laughs> um, oh yeah, so so we like played our first show in some German thing last year, and it was like, you know, it was a shit show. We lost a bunch of our gear on the plane, so we had to like borrow some other band's gear and try to get everything sound good. It didn't end up sounding great, obviously, but after the show, some guy comes up, he's like, I like the album. The album sounds great, but the live did not sound like the album, so I will not be buying a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we thanks, thanks for telling us, man. Like, wow, very forward, you know. It did not sound like the album, so I will not be buying a t-shirt. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Was, uh, yeah, we laughed about that for week <laughs> sorry dude <laughs> uh yeah so that's definitely a thing um we played france one time we think we're going back in a month here so i'm excited for that because that was a lot of fun and you know most people seem to enjoy it i uh i think there's like the, the catchy melodic aspect that can kind of draw people in regardless of whether or not they understand what the fuck we're saying or talking about and there's a goblin, so I mean that's that's like the universal language, you know. Well, I think I think also goblin. It's it's kind of I think elitists us, you know, they're still around, and you know we need to phase them out a bit. But I think kind of you know I think if people don't take themselves seriously, but they like heavy music, they can get into Necrogoblicon. You know, it's about having a good time. Yeah, you got to listen about. You know, like an immortal goblin trying to find a way to die, which was heavy meta. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. if you can persist through it, you can get there. You might enjoy it. You might give it a 5 out of 10, maybe a 7 out of 10. See how you go. You might like yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. <laughs> how did you um, come about thinking of doing a concept album? I mean, were you were you bored in the studio and you're like, what the hell am I going to do? Let's do something different? Or was it just... <laughs> I don't even remember. I, I, I feel like I always wanted to do a concept album. That was a pain. So now I'm like, I've got another concept in mind, but it's going to be a minute, at least not till the next two or something. <laughs> but, um, fuck it. I don't even remember. I think at that point, Tim had just quit the band. And before that, <laughs> writing duties was basically split between myself and Tim. And then for Heavy Meta, we did kind of an experiment where I had everybody pitch one or two tracks and, and then, you know, maybe there's a little bit more disparity between the tracks themselves, or it wasn't, it just, since it wasn't all written by one or two people, it felt a little more hodgepodge musically. So I think having the, the story and the concept uh, for me was kind of a way to link everything together, also. It's a really, uh, 
it's, you know, to say it's a fun listen is an understatement. I think uh, to be, to be, if we want to say it's a shit listen, um, I'm lying. Um, so, um, it's, it's enjoyable. Uh, I think it was really different because I think it's a curveball. I don't think, you know, anyone going fucking goblin metal. And then I don't think they expect a concept album. Right. No, for sure, man. Yeah. It's like, why would you put so much effort into a joke? I think is what people see, <laughs> but you know, that's the whole joke itself. <laughs> Life is a joke. You know what I mean? So, Hey. Now, um, Welcome to Bonkers was your most recent one in 2018. Um, it seems like when that came out, suddenly everyone knows whether they like it or not, whatever, but they know the name, um, Necrogobicon. Do you feel like that album kind of kind of gave you a lot of momentum and put your name on the map? Um, it definitely helped. It's been like a real slow uh, burn. Um what yeah i guess you know it's hard to say honestly i think it may have just been a result of like years of of like one in five people knowing about and then at that point they were like oh i have to show my friends because i like this one so that helped in that sense um maybe we also had more more shit on youtube it all adds up you know hmm. Do you, is there any internal it all adds up is there any internal expectation or internal pressure? Do you guys, um, you know, are you self-critical of what you put out or, or also are you... Oh, yeah. Are you also trying to really put, you know, do you want to achieve certain milestones with each release? Are you looking to, you know, reach this many streams? Are you looking to reach this many cities with tours? Like, what's it like internally with expectations? Um. Well, yes to the former in terms of like quality control and trying to make the music like good enough to where it can be seen by everyone as, you know, hopefully rising above the obvious gimmick and being like, well, it's music also. <clears throat> um, for me, on that side, I've been writing most of the stuff since Bonkers. So I always want to keep it fresh, change it up. Uh, all of our albums have had sort of a different kind of sound so far and i i like that aspect because for me it kind of helps to avoid the whole like old in flames or new in flames kind of dilemma because mm-hmm. if everyone's just slightly different than the last one maybe people will get more attached to the to the uh the band and the music itself rather than just you know a particular aesthetic or something um in terms of like streaming milestones and stuff we don't really no we don't set out with anything specific in mind but we we definitely always hope to uh to get more than the last time you know but we're not really very uh, i mean honestly like alex the guitar player um one of the guitar players he does uh most of the business stuff too so maybe he has little milestones like that that i just don't know about but the way we have it set up, it's like I'll I'll do the creative stuff, but you do the business stuff because I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're always trying to expand and grow uh, within our means, you know, because still independent and all that. And you mentioned in there, you know, mm-hmm. new music and all that jazz. Um, are we going to see a power metal 
album is the next one. You're talking about always changing up. Is it going to be like a Man O' War tribute Necrogoblicon album? Um, there's actually one song on it. I have a lot of them written already. Um, there's one on there that is fairly Man O' War-ish. Ooh. In terms of, yeah, maybe not. It's not like 100% Man O' War, but the chorus has definitely got Man O' War vibes. Um, and then there's other songs on the album, which even... I mean, the guitar stuff is like insane. And there's lots of fast metal stuff, but there's maybe some little hardcore vocals smattered in here and there, as opposed to just full growls and singing, you know? Mm. So it's kind of like, well, what's a way I can stay heavy, but but not alienate, you know, half the, the world? Oh, maybe harsh yelling vocals. So it kind of, it goes all over the place. It's hard. It's it's in still like its infancy, so it's really hard to predict what it will end up being, but... I think it, it it'll be my my dream goal with it is like you know overall catchier, more accessible, but with the brutal moments being the most brutal moments of Necro, mm. you know. So no no Backstreet Boys uh, covers. We'll no Backstreet Boys covers. Um, <sighs> Damn it! Maybe there will be a cover though. Ooh. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but you know we're it's still in the works. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we could we could have just uh, Raptor, our keyboardist. He's he's a good singer and he loves uh, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Instinct. But still, maybe he'll do an Instinct thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're all pretty much the same. I mean, it, it's, you know, manufactured boy bands. I mean, technically, yeah, you guys are a boy band. You are a boy band. I mean, you know, yeah, you've got true. the really well, good... But we have a goblin, so we're cross-species, you know? Oof, got to keep all the sides happy. That's the idea. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. What's it like for you trying to write lyrics about goblins all the time? Is it something that's hard to do? Do you struggle? Like, you spend some days going, fucking hell, why can't I just sing about Satan for a week? <laughs> um, no, it's it's simple, man. It comes from the heart. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, extension all the songs were about goblins directly still. Goblin Island, obviously. Heavy and power was sort of a mix because there's like bells and whistles song about a train conductor who, you know, ramp. I forget. I don't even remember. But it turns out, you know, there's this mysterious scene. So it's kind of left to the imagination. Like, is that a goblin? Like, probably. But there's all, it's no uh, explicit mentioning of the word goblin in the lyrics and on bonkers I, you know there's two songs dressed as goblins and goblins um and i think there's a goblin mentioned in killing time but this is what i'm saying basically out of those past two albums really only a couple of the songs have really been about goblins unless you're counting heavy meta which is like a whole arc about goblins but it was all uh, allegory. So that's a good way to get around that constraint is you're like, I'll write about whatever. And then I'll just sub goblins and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and just do it. Yeah. The last couple, I, and this is the other part that's kind of uh, a blessing and or a curse. It's like, uh, I, you know, I write the songs about like whatever lately. And people always just assume it's about goblins regardless. So, you know, I could write honestly anything. And if you have a goblin there in the video or live 
and people are just going to be like, oh, it's about goblins, even if it's not, it's, you know, so you don't really, but that being said, I could still write the fucking book of random shit about goblins killing humans, no problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously it, it takes a bit to do. I mean, you're not just writing an entire song and then in the middle of the breakdown, you just scream goblin. I mean, there's a bit more to it. I mean, you could do that though. You get away with it. You are singing about a goblin, technically. <laughs> probably, probably could. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like you know, it all started from just like general uh, misanthropy or misanthropy. I don't know how you say it, but just you know, uh, misanthropy. Let's say, <laughs> and that's uh, that's really what the goblins represented in the first place. You know, kill all the humans, this and that. Just kind of just like fuck everyone. So I mean, that's really the core of it. So if you can just embrace that spirit you know it's easy to fly to goblin here and there i love it it's sick um i want to touch on a couple of things before we um let you get back to your world of chaos and um, one is you know you're a band that whether intentionally or not you kind of utilize social media to the best aspects possible um, and is that something that you guys are wary of how to use, or is it something that you, it's just been by chance that you figured out how to use it well, but not overuse it? Um, yeah, 50, 50, probably. I mean, you know, we always loved to use to mess around on our social media and back in the I feel like Facebook's kind of like dead for bands now, but mm. we've just been doing more Instagram shit. But, um, I mean, we definitely try and, and, and post stuff and, you know, reasonable time frame. but you know, I don't think any of us are even capable of overusing it. It's more like, shit, oh, we got to post something. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't posted in a week. <laughs> yeah, crap. <laughs> Uh, okay, we'll get a picture of a goblin and Photoshop it onto something. All right, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, you know, it's definitely not something that we're like oblivious of, but, you know, we could always do more, but I'm glad that uh, you seem to like the balance. Yeah. Um, and we'll just keep it how it is. Yeah. Yeah, you're not shoving it down my throat too much. Um, I I probably would send you abusive yeah, mess. I, I'd send you abusive messages if you were posting too much, but you're not, so it's okay. Well, those are always welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about for you guys? What about you guys being an independent band? I mean, is is it something you've ever, you know, have you thought about going down the record label path? Is it something you've ever been offered, or is it something you just don't give a fuck about? Um. When we were younger and first starting out, we were like really wanted to get signed, and we had some deal with some label. It turned out to just kind of be like a sham, and it was like, "Well, you guys distribute everything, and we'll just take part of it." And it kind of fell apart, and I was like, "Man, fuck that!" And after our YouTube videos and stuff, a couple labels approached us, but this was you know ten years into our career, eight ten years, and. At that point, it was like, you know, they weren't offering enough for us to to want to sell all of our rights over to them, essentially. Mm. So it's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you, like, some small amount of money to make a music video. We'll pay for, like, a fraction of your studio time and then, you know, put you on tour 12 months a year or something. Uh, but we'll own all your shit. And it's kind of like that's such a bullshit offer, you know? 
However, if someone came to us with like, oh, we'll give you a million dollar advance, we'd be like, hell yeah, we're doing it. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, there, there was like various, let's say the head of metal from some label. This is the type of thing that's happened more than once. Like, well, you know, I'm a personal fan. I just don't know if it's a good fit for our label. So it's like, fine, watch us succeed on our own then. You know, I don't give a fuck. Um, so, you know, until someone comes at us with it, a deal that makes sense, it will just be in me forever. And I don't see a problem with that at this point. We like kind of figured out everything labels do and just do it a la carte. We'll hire the people, the same people labels hire, you know, but whatever. That sounds a bit weird that someone says, yeah, I'm a fan, but it doesn't go on the label. That's why, that's their polite way of saying you fucking suck, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty much. Or like, I, I think it's, it was his way of saying, because it's so niche, uh, we consider it risky. Even though personally I would listen to it, but I don't think it would be smart from a business standpoint for my label. So I don't take it as you fucking suck, but, you know, kind of like I don't have faith that this isn't too high risk. It's not risk. Yeah, you mentioned mentioned how um, you kind of, you know, do everything yourselves and you, you know, well worked out, you know, by now what to do and what things you need people for this and that and that um for someone who's kind of seen the industry change quite a bit during you know the 13 odd years as a band um what's the industry like for you as an artist do you see it as a really exciting powerful time for an artist or do you think it's kind of struggling to figure itself out because it's quite a weird world at the moment we don't really know what's going on physicals don't sell sometimes they do streaming's all focused but you don't get paid and what's it like for you with the industry? Yeah. Oh, I feel that eh, there's elements of both those things that are true, obviously. In terms of like getting your stuff out there, there's never been a better time for DIY people uh, and people who, you know, could just physically not be capable of getting something out unless, like, say, the 90s or 80s when all you have is, like, you know, a, a four track demo recorder um those those dudes those could have been us you know what i mean but we had the tools to be able to to put it together ourselves uh because of the modern day at the same time since everyone has access to those tools everything becomes so oversaturated um which basically means okay yeah so everyone can put it out but there's no vetting or quality control essentially anymore um which in my opinion (coughs) is kind of a good thing Although, if we were at the same stature we are now in the 90s, we'd be millionaires. I don't <laughs> think we could have gotten there, uh, per se, unless we got really lucky uh, with you know having exactly the right chance encounters. So I think nowadays, if you're willing to work hard, it's, it, it's viable for a lot of people to, to be able to do this. Um, but if you're not, it's like, well, there you go. And even the, you know, the top, top artists are still filthy rich, but there's a much bigger middle class of music that that wasn't as much there before, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, like the oversaturation thing, I think also something that plays hand, hand in hand with that is the fact that it seems like because of streaming, maybe it's not, but in my kind of viewpoint, it looks like because of streaming, attention spans have shortened, you know, someone's on... Spotify and they don't like that song 
they'll go, fuck this, I'm going to listen to this folk metal band from Poland, and then they'll listen to that, and then they'll switch from that to a Viking metal band from New Zealand, and then they'll switch to something else. Like right. They, they don't really care anymore about kind of getting into the music and giving it a chance because I remember used to buy a CD and you were committed to it. It's like, fuck, I'm going to like this. I'm going to force myself to get into this. That's and- what I'm saying. I totally remember that. Yeah, exactly. And before that, look at like vinyls and like AOR shit in the seventies. I mean, you would probably sit there with all your friends, put the record on, like get stoned. Everyone was just like, Whoa, you know, listening to it together. But that communal aspect, I mean, you know, that started dying in iPods or before, you know, Walkman. I don't know. But, um, Fucking, uh, I think you know that just is. It's more incentive for bands to write better music, you know. Honestly, it's like the Darwin kind of shit. It's brutal, but what else is going to happen, you know? Yeah, and then the other side of that though is that some bands aren't focusing on making sure the music's good. They're just making sure they get music out. I mean, it's like quick. I got to get something out, otherwise, yeah, they'll forget about me if there's not a new song. Yeah, well, you know, oh well. I'd say like, you know, yeah, where can you do? I guess you can tour in between. It depends on the genre too, I guess, for like electronic music stuff. It's more just you put out a single every couple months. And that seems like the, the ultimate way to rake in the dough. If you, you know, become a DJ and put something out that you've paid someone to write every two months. Are you saying you're going to become a DJ? <laughs> I might. It's always been at the back of my mind, but I just, you know, you got to spend like 10,000 bucks on gear, and then if you decide you don't like it, yeah, you're kind of screwed. What's your DJ name, though? But... Oh, man. Um, I got a few. Uh, Terminal Thrust, Ooh. Stabler Enabler, um, Colonic. Nice. Yeah. And Colonic. That's my, my last name. Do you do you, do you play filthy do you play filthy dirty music or do you play uplifting happy music? I kind of like uh, I'm more into hard style, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of like filthy happy music. Ooh. Um. Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's the dumbest shit, but I love it. Um. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not a fan of deep house. I have to say, uh, I like weird kind of German techno stuff, experimental shit. Uh, IDM, yeah, I like it all. There's one dude named Curious Mo who's, who's my favorite, but he he doesn't really play too much, but he just produces amazing music. Um, so that you know, but as a kid, I was all about trance and you know, usually the lighter side. But dubstep was cool too for you know 2011. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see what's next. It feels like grunge has to come around again, you know, because. Or like we're kind of in the synth pop wave because <laughs> the EDM thing, I don't know, sort of parallels disco. And then eventually everyone's just going to get sick of like the gloss and the sheen and go back to raw. But when? Well, everyone's also saying that new metal's coming back. That's quite scary. Oh, is that a thing? I mean, yeah, this is a little scary, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I guess there a lot of the, the more beat down ish sort of bands kind of have the elements of new metal. Um, you know, whatever. I, my brother isn't a new metal, so I wasn't. You know, so. but I know a lot of guys in my band are big corn fans. Well, I mean, I mean, I think just so. people underestimate and unappreciate Crazy Town. I mean, they had that one song. I mean, Butterfly. Wow. I mean, guys, think yeah, about it. Butterfly, man. That was one of the first songs I learned on guitar, man. I remember it. I play it. Really easy. 
I mean, they are a band that could never write a good song, and part of their song was actually taken from a Chili Pepper song. But guys, they they had a song. I mean, think about it. <laughs> we could have a comeback. True, they were probably rich off that one song, right? Like fuck them, fucking <laughs> <laughs> bastards. <laughs> last question I've got um, is just kind of another simple music kind of one um, is, you know, playing live and being on the road isn't an easy thing to do. Um, is it something that you found easy to do, you know, being stuck around the same dudes and a, a goblin the whole time? Or is it something that's taken some adjustments and adjustment and you've got used to over time? Um. Yeah, the latter, Justin City. Um, definitely pretty fucking crap. But we've gone through some lineup changes and stuff, and a lot, you know, a lot of that has just really helped because now our whole crew, our whole team of dudes, we all get along really well. Yeah, you know, it's really rare that we'll get into an argument on the road, whereas you know maybe a couple generations ago that was like an everyday thing. Um, Another thing is we, we sold our, our tour van because having nine dudes in the 15th theater for six weeks in a row was just not cool. Um, so we just rent out this thing called a bandwagon, which is like a hybrid camper partial tour bus thing. And since we made that switch, we, we get to sleep in a bunk. You get to take a piss on the vehicle. I mean, that's been much, much more easy living. Uh, that being said, it's still a grind for sure. But, you know, it, it's more of a grind because you're always hung over. At least we all get along and the shows are fun, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely something that can't be easy. You, you know, you kind of have to learn to do it if you want to do the music thing. And also um, the sacrifices, yeah. people forget the that you also put life on hold, on pause, while you jump out on the road for yeah. six to eight weeks. That's why you can't. It's really hard to keep any sort of real job and not see your significant other for months. But you know, it's all right. We're used to it. Definitely, it took me a while to just not get sick. You got to realize how important sleep is. Hydration, like on tour, I'll drink ten, twelve, sixteen ounce bottles of water a day. And if I don't do that, I get sick or my voice goes out. But as long as you just keep chugging water the whole time and take like a bunch of vitamins and sleep. It's okay. That was a nice advertisement for uh, a vitamin or a water company. Well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Hook it up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a sponsorship with insert name water here and insert name. What about vitamin water? You know what I'm saying? Whoa. Both Whoa. Slow down. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> you, br- you just, yeah, we, you just blew, here. You blew my mind just there. That Of all things, vitamin yeah. water. Hmm. Now, yeah. Nikki, the last thing I do, <clears throat> we're going to have a bit of fun here. It's called Pick Your Poison. All right. Now, what I do here is I give you two options and you pick your favorite of the two. Now, with your answer, you don't have to justify your answer, as in give a reasoning, but you're welcome to give a reason. Okay. Okay. Some will be easy. Some are going to be hard. Now. Sounds good. Would you rather eat a pizza or a burger? Pizza. Would you rather have Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Indian. Spicy foods all the way. Soft taco or hard taco? Well-made hard taco. Fried, Mm. but not like a store-bought. 
Coffee or tea? Uh, tea. More coffee, but tea if I'm on the road. <laughs> smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Smooth. I gotta go smooth. You gotta put nothing there. You ruin it. Come on. <laughs> uh, beer or whiskey? Oh, fuck me. Beer. Cooking at home or dining out? Uh, the dream is cooking at home, but I dine out more, but I prefer cooking at home. So I guess I pick cooking, but in reality, more dining out. Fuck you. Go to the cinema or watch a movie at home on the couch? Uh, at home all the, all the time, man, especially with legalized marijuana in California. <laughs> uh, Australia doesn't have it yet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Australia oh, are fighting right. the fight. Ladies and gentlemen, Australia would like this legalization passed. I have put my in my statement. There we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I would love it. I mean, at the without going too much on a tangent, they have legalized it or decriminalized it in one state of our country. And, of course, the only state they legalized it is where our parliament is. So the rest of the country are fucked. Uh, of course, yeah. They're all like, well, we can get them here first. I heard I was just in New Zealand visiting, and apparently it's pretty close to being legal there too. So it doesn't sound too far off. No, it won't be too far off. I mean, we're we're already making it a little bit lenient with medicinal use. I think we'll be, you know, within the next couple of years, it should be done. Um, and then we are all celebrating with a bong, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> would you rather go to the beach or the snow? Snow skiing. Um, are you a dog or a cat person? Uh, reptile. Well, I like cats, but I'm allergic, you know, and dogs, eh, big hassle. We have a beard dragon, though. (laughs) Cats are cuter, but I'm not allergic to dogs, but reptiles win. Uh, Batman or Superman? Neither. Superman. He's, uh, he can fly. Okay. Terminator or Predator? Predator, all the way. First Predator movie I ever saw. It's a, it's a classic. South Park or Simpsons? Um, South Park. Maybe old Simpsons, but South Park overall. MacGyver or Walker, Texas Ranger? Dude, MacGyver, 100%. Richard Dean Anderson, are you kidding? Yeah. Legend. Um... Slayer or Pantera? Pantera. Got to have the groove. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Black Dahlia. Got to have the pedal riff. Marilyn Manson or Rob Zombie? Uh, uh, I don't know many. Uh, I only know the radio hits, but I think I like Dragula more than I like the beautiful people. Okay. So I got to go with Zombie on that one. Okay. Um, what was it, Metallica or Megadeth? Megadeth. You know, Dave Mustaine's funny. I like his voice. Isn't he? Isn't he just forever holding on to a bad memory, though? Yeah, but he's too far in at this point, so you just got side with him. I feel like you know, what's the point of fighting it? Did, did no one ever tell him that just forget about it and drop it? Like you kind of have created your it own like career. That didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, true that. But I mean, you know, James Hetfield is an annoying voice to me. Yeah, well, 
Although, I guess objectively, Dave Mustaine's voice is more annoying than this. <laughs> <laughs> Only just. Um, Hello, me. <laughs> um, last few. Uh, do you prefer seeing stage dives happen or mic grabs happen? What's a mic grab? Oh, for the audience, uh, stage dives. Hmm. Okay. Um, if you go to the show, do you watch it from the mosh pit or the sound desk? Um, depends on the band. Usually the the pit, but I mean, well, I'll go in the mosh pit when I was younger more. But if maybe if it's like Bodum or Fintroll or someone I really care about the mosh pit, but normally I'll just be in the back, you know, trying not to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather tour for the rest of your life or record for the rest of your life? Record. Now, last one. You get, you're going to get given your all-time favorite album. Do you want it on CD, vinyl, or on your phone? Vinyl. Nice. Because I can just download it and then burn it to a CD if I want. You know, so I might as well go for the vinyl. That's very true. <laughs> um, yeah. Nikki, that is us done. First thing I've got to say... Um, Thank you for taking time out. Really, really appreciate it. Um, that was an absolutely horrible conversation. Uh, thank you for making me struggle through an hour. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, likewise. No problem. Yeah, I mean, can I have my hour back? Like, Jesus. <laughs> I hope so, but it's the listeners I'm more worried about, you know. Right? <laughs> oh, fuck them. If they've got to this point of the conversation, they've just done it to themselves. So. Right, true, true. But... We're all meant up. It, on, on a serious note, yeah, really, really appreciate it, man. Um, means a lot to me and the show, and stoked to have you on. Um, just can't say thank you enough, man. Yeah, hey, man, it was a blast. Super fun. We liked your ending. Um, and hopefully we'll make it out to Australia sometime next year or two and say hi face to face. Thank you again. Um, I'll be in touch, and uh, you're a legend. Thanks, dude. Hey, right on. You too, man. Talk to you later. All right, ciao.
So that was my chat with Nikki from Necrogoblicon. And at the end there, you heard the band's tracks, Darkness, and the other one was The Many Faces of Dr. Hubert Malbec. Both of those songs come off the band's most recent album called Welcome to Bonkers. Now's the part of the show where I spark that little thing inside you to support the artist that's been on the show. So... If you like the music, get onto your phone, on your computer, stream it, download it. If you like physicals, get online, grab a CD, maybe grab a vinyl. If you like merchandise and you want to support these guys, grab a t-shirt, a hoodie, some moss shorts, whatever it is. Help these guys out. Support them where you can. Also, if you're living somewhere where this band's touring, make sure you grab yourself a ticket, head on out and show Nikki and the boys some love. Also got to take this moment to thank Nikki again. Thank you so much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Look forward to chatting again soon. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 99 done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. 
help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget, you can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.